Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest $1,000 prize pool, and it's completely free to enter. How do you do it? Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. Driver! Start your engine! Strap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, and hot damn do we have some racing things to talk about today. Cody, I don't know how much of a, a dance you did, a tribal dance, any kind of dance to get odds put up for the clash, but buddy, whatever you did over the weekend, we appreciate it because now, sir, there are odds for the Bush Clash. We've been crying for them forever. They're I'll, here. Uh, I'll tell you what I did when they came out. You know, the scene from The Office where uh, Dwight lights the fire and the, the fire alarms start going off and everybody's running. Oh, my God, it's happening. It's out. Oh, my God. Everybody remain calm. That was me running around the house. My wife and daughter thought I lost it, although they know I lost it a long time ago. Yes, we got clash odds. The clash is this week, Rod. NASCAR season is here. Hello, let's fucking go. You know, I said it last week that this would be that that last week was the last week that we'd be out without. I didn't even remember what I said. I said that so weekend. Excited. You can't even talk. Jesus, it's like I'm a kid on Christmas. I said that the the last weekend was going to be the last weekend we'd be without NASCAR. Some bitch, play back. Somebody, please. But yes, that is true. We are now in season for NASCAR. Do we say that this officially kicks off the second season? Can we say that now? This is it. Yeah, we're past our birthday now, right? Friday was was the anniversary of the release of the first show. So we're officially a year old. Now on to season number two. We covered the, the whole season from, from 2022. 
Now here we are, seasoned veterans. Take the rookie stripe off the podcast label. Here we go. Hot damn. I love that. Take the rookie stripe off. That's beautiful, man. That gets me pumped up. Uh, but yes, so there are odds for the Bush class. You can actually start shopping around now because all the books decided that they wanted to start uh, being like the others. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, on this episode. Jumped on multiple places. Yeah, well, I mean, that's when one Finally. goes, everybody else has to follow, right? <laughs> Finally. So we'll talk about some of the, uh, just the, obviously not going to name the books by by name. Uh, we'll, we'll If you want to know where to get them, contact us offline. But we will say where there's some discrepancies and where certain books have them at certain places. We'll talk about what we think about who's going to uh, return value on their odds. And just talk about the, the clash, man, because we've been trying to set it up for a while without odds. Now we're getting to set it up with odds. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get into those and officially kick and off. And just one two. comment, too. I, we, I know we got to do our history lesson for the day and maybe some news first, but... They're like almost like Daytona odds that they're giving us. It's very weird. Plus 800 is the lowest odds to win this. And I get it's only the second year. How much can you compare it to last year? Because it was the first race in the new car. And maybe we don't know what to expect. But damn, we're getting some good good value even all the way at the top of the board. There is juiciness, guys. There is just flat out juiciness up and down the board um, in these odds, I know when I initially saw them, I had to take a step back and say, wait a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm like triple checking, like, is this Daytona odds or is this actually for the LA Coliseum? You know what I didn't do though? And I, and I should, and I totally just whiffed on it because I was, I was just thinking about going over these odds, but I didn't look back at what it was last season as far as what we were getting offered. I don't remember what we talked about and that's on me for not for not doing it because yeah. I was so excited about this just breaking down this season. I didn't even think about uh, comparing it to last season, but yeah, um, it would be kind of interesting to see. I'm sure Kyle Larson was a prohibitive favorite at that point with coming off of his ten wins plus the All Star race, and you know everybody thought that you know it would just continue to be the Kyle Larson show. Ended up not being the case so much, but yeah, uh, man, I'm just glad we got odds finally, and, and it's just went just odds to win right now. So you know if you're new to the show welcome and we're changing up the format a little this year you're going to get more of us than you did last year and we'll maybe talk get more in depth into that as we get into the next few weeks as we get into the season but we later on in the week we'll give out like official picks you know some head-to-heads when we get that kind of stuff and whatever other options are out there that we really like um, but for today we're just going to do like we've done with all the other futures walk right through it and kind of see where everybody's at and why we think they're there if they're in the right place who has some early value and all that fun stuff. Indeed, because again, there's odds to talk about. Um, wait, hold on. I, so you know what? It's funny. I just went through. This is the glory of having um, uh, show notes when we do, uh, because <laughs> I have right in front of me, and I, we'll talk about it after the history lesson, the Bush Clash uh, odds that we have. So Ooh, uh, at least at least the ones that we picked. So okay, picked, yeah. <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's set up the history because of again, we're still not ne- we're here. But we're not walking through the door yet, so there's still days left before we get to the Daytona 500. And as we've done all season long, because this is probably my favorite part, you guys don't know, but I like listening to Cody talk. So basically, when he does the history lesson, like I've got my captain and root beer right now. I'm just enjoying the. It's just me rambling over yeah. here. <laughs> well, listen, as a podcast host, I'm a podcast fan, so Cody's just got that like relaxing voice that I love to listen to. So, um, Cody. 
Please regale me with history so that I may enjoy this Captain and Root Beer and listen to you speak as I love to do. Just wish my wife enjoyed listening to me this much. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, though. (laughs) I'm going to clip this and play this part of Rod talking all this good stuff about me. (laughs) It still (laughs) won't sell it. I bet I'll get an eye roll. Oh, you'll get the biggest eye roll, man. We've been married for 12 years. Rod and I only been together a year. A little different, I guess. (laughs) Because we're still new. Wait for us yeah. to be together 12 years. We're still years. in the honeymoon phase. I'll of give you the eye roll, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, well, six days until the Clash of the Coliseum. Whew. We're almost down to one hand. and We are here. It's race week. This week, we will have racing in L.A. But it's still 20 days until the Daytona 500. Of course, they take the week off of the Super Bowl. And then we'll, we'll jump into the Daytona 500. The number 20 car is a car the number that's been used plenty right we all know tony stewart the, the big dog one thing that that really impressed me was the manufacturer that has the most starts in the car number 20 do you have any guesses rob well look so obviously what was it for a long time it was a chevy for a long time in the 20 right um so but i'm gonna say that's probably not it i'm gonna say uh pontiac Pontiac's a good guess because Gibbs did race that a lot as well. But no, it's Toyota, which is kind of surprising because Toyota's only been in the sport since 2003. But obviously, Gibbs has been Toyota a majority of that time. I think they were still Pontiac. They might have even gone back to Chevy before they went to Toyota. I don't remember exactly. But the number 20 car has made 1,308 starts uh, over the course of it being a car number in NASCAR. Um, September 11th of 1949 was the first time it was raced in the Cup Series. Uh, obviously continues to still be raced to this day. Christopher Bell, of course, is the driver of the number 20. This number has 57 wins to its name, um, 261 top five finishes, 30 times it sat on the pole, and it has had some Hall of Fame drivers behind the wheel. Tony Stewart, of course, legendary in the number 20 car, right? He switched over to 14 at the end there when he when he switched over with Gene Haas and created Stuart Haas Racing. But he spent a majority of the, the bulk of his career in the number 20 car, the famous orange Home Depot car, of course. Um, he started 356 races in this car, 33 wins. He led 10,235 career laps, uh, completed 101,000 laps in this car number, sat on the pole 10 times. Uh, Matt Kenseth actually checks in at number two, right? He had a Hall of Fame career uh, in the 17 car and then another one in the 20 car later on, right? He started 178 uh, races in this car. He won 15 uh, races. He had led 4,000 laps uh, in those starts and completed over 50,000 laps. Uh, he also sat on the pole 10 times. Clyde Lynn checks in as the third driver of the number 20. He made 158 starts. No wins, but he had 72 top 10s, so he did a decent job there. Uh, another guy that that a lot of starts, never led a lap in his career. Um, and then fourth on the list, Joey Logano, right? He came into the Cup Series 18 years old, fresh, young talent, very raw, um, and we didn't get to see his full potential there. We kind of compared that to like an Eric Jones, right? Maybe we see him end up in a, in a top-tier ride and break out, but... Joey Logano, of course, a Hall of Famer now with Penske, two championships, all those wins and everything he's accomplished there. Uh, he made 144 starts for Joe Gibbs in the number 20 car. Another thing, too, Tony Stewart, a legend, right? 
moves over to his own team and creates, you know, the 14 car in Stuart Haas Racing, then you throw Joey Logano in there to replace him. That's some pretty high expectations for for a young kid that that still had some developing to do. But made 144 starts. He won two races, um, led 337 laps. He did sit on the pole five times. Pretty impressive for the 144 starts uh, from Joey Logano there. But obviously, three of those four guys, Clyde Lynn, maybe not so much. But Tony Stewart's should he's already in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Matt Kenseth just inducted into the Hall of Fame here recently. And then Joey Logano is a surefire first ballot Hall of Fame whenever he decides to hang it up. Um, Eric Jones also made 110 starts in this. Just talked about him as well. A very similar stat line to Joey Logano. 110 starts compared to Logano's 144. Also won two races. He actually had 28 top fives to Logano's uh, 16. Uh, they, Logano led 337 laps. Jones led 336 laps. Um, so both of these guys, very similar career path, uh, in, in that car number, Rick Newsom checks in at six on the list, 73 starts, Christopher Bell, he's made 72 starts. Obviously he'll continue to, to ring that number up more Four wins. There is an asterisk on here. It says one of those wins happened at cardboard gate. So whether you decide to count that or not, uh, to be determined, <laughs> I couldn't help myself, Rod. I'm going to continue to bring that up any chance I get. Um, but I was I was looking in depth into Christopher Bell this week, and I think I'm going to have to side with our buddy Derek and go with the over 1.5 wins on Bell. I, I was hesitant at first, but man, he did have a really good season last season. Scored three wins, so maybe maybe I'll change my my official prediction on that. But uh, Christopher Bell again, 72 starts, four wins. He's been in the top 10 36 of those times, so you know half half of his career starts in the 20 car there. Um, he has been in uh, in the top 10, so that's pretty good. You scroll down the list, Bobby Hillen made some starts in this. Bobby Hillen Jr., that is. Buddy Baker, Marvin Panch, um, those are some, some old names. Tiny Lund, Bobby Hamilton made a few starts in this car. Um, you scroll down through here. Bill Rexford made a couple of starts. Chad Little, um, he was the, the 97 car for a long time. He made some starts in this car. Um, but 85 different drivers have started in the number 20 over its storied career here. And then to the manufacturer side of things, again, this is the first time we've seen Toyota at the top, right? They don't just don't have the, the history in the sport. They've only been around since 2003. Now, that's a long time, right? That's at this point, it's been 20 years, but compared to all these other manufacturers that have been around since 1949, it's it's not quite the same. But 587 starts for Toyota. Obviously, all of those coming with Joe Gibbs Racing between Tony Stewart, between Matt Kenseth, Eric Jones, Joey Logano, all these guys. Uh, Ford has 282. Chevrolet, 245. Some of those were with Gibbs. Gibbs has been through the ringer, right? They were a Chevy team, a Pontiac team. I think they switched back to one of those at one point from the other. Now they've been with Toyota a long time. Pontiac has 160 starts uh, here. Dodge has actually started five races. Those must have been back in the day or maybe from 20. Yeah, those would have had to have been from back in the day before before the Gibbs days, of course. Uh, one, one race started in, in a Lincoln. So, yeah, the number 20 car, a very well-used number. And, of course, Tony Stewart at the helm of that and the guy that we all – think of and know when we think of the 20 car at least in my opinion 
well, obviously, the guy basically made that number a household name. And and look, so we talked a lot about with the sponsorships and the numbers and the drivers and everybody. I mean, we've talked a lot about that over the offseason, especially with Kyle Busch and Mars and, and M&Ms and, and that stuff that you... I mean, Elliot Sadler drove the M&M car, but very few people outside of uh, hardcore NASCAR junkies know that Elliot Sadler actually drove the uh, the M&M's car. Everybody basically equates it with Kyle Busch. I think if it were not for Home Depot being on the lid of that 20 car, it may not have achieved the uh, the fame that it did because, of course, we know Home Depot threw tons of money into NASCAR. And I... I don't even want to know how much over the course of their their run with them because obviously to sponsor the 20 car one is probably not cheap, especially with Tony Stewart behind the wheel. And then, of course, all the commercials that they ran during the course of the the races. And I mean, it was just that's a ton of money that they threw into that. So obviously to become synonymous with the 20 car uh, and Home Depot, that 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 took a lot of money. So that's why I think that was it, too. Of course, Joey Logano, not a lot of people equate that, even though it was a couple of seasons worth of Joey Logano being on the 20. Uh, again, unless you're a hardcore NASCAR fan, you probably didn't know that Logano was in the 20. And now well, he's just been in the 22 forever, right? It seems like right? he's always been there. Now, again, that's another thing, too, where you just look at the Pennzoil 22 and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Joey Logano. But now Christopher um, Bell, say again. Kyle Busch, I mean, people yeah. don't remember. He was at, at Hendrick. He was in the five car at Hendrick before he went to Joe Gibbs, right? And people don't remember that because it was a short period of time. It was so long ago, and he was so iconic in that 18 M&M's car forever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so that's there's a lot of, of that we've seen over the years. So it makes me wonder how much of a mark Christopher Bell will leave on this 20 uh, because that that I think he's got a shot better than any of the other guys before him to make himself synonymous with the 20 car if he does – Fantastic things. And, of course, Derek's going to be happy to hear that you have changed your tune. So, Derek Yoder, chalk one up for your persuasive skills. That's a W in his column. Exactly. You've just made Cody change his tune. So, good on you, Derek. Yeah, and, I mean, just to speak to the Christopher Bell part of that, like, he's already got double the stats, right? He started half the races that Logano started. Uh, is that exactly half, actually? I, I'm not that good at quick math, but pretty close. Um, but he's already got double the wins that Logano had, double the wins that Eric Jones had. And something to that point, a lot of people don't know, Christopher Bell is 27 or 28. He's actually older right now than Eric Jones is. He looks like he's 14, yes, and he's still newer to the Cup Series-ish. He's been in the Series for a, long, a while now, and he spent some time in the 95 car before for Levine before he came over to the 20 car. That was a satellite team at the time and uh, whatnot, but he's definitely made more of an impact in less starts than those guys did. So if anybody can be that second tier two to the Tony Stewart, for sure. I think Christopher Bell has that shot. And again, he's 27. Yeah. But that's still young for a NASCAR driver. He's got a big career in front of him. And if you look at the Gibbs lineup, Oh, they better hope he's staying around for a while because otherwise there could be some trouble in paradise there as the rest of their lineup gets drastically older other than Ty Gibbs, of course, and, and he's got his locked-in seat. But, uh, yeah, and then, I mean, while we're on the topic, too, um, of talking about Toyota a little bit, I wanted to touch on a story that that came out, or at least that I saw today. But Toyota has irons in the fire for expanding uh, their Cup Series lineup in 2024. There was a lot of rumors going into the 2020 season um, about Toyota really trying to get another 
uh, team added and some more stuff. Obviously, that ends up being 23-11 gets, you know, joins then and is adds to that Toyota lineup. But you've got 36 charter cars and only six of them are Toyotas. So the rest of them are Chevys and Fords. Those are the only three manufacturers in the Cup Series. Um, and so I think it's important for Toyota to continue to expand and have a bigger presence at super speedways. A lot of times it's kind of like the Toyotas don't have a ton of help because there's only so many of them. If a couple of them are out, you're just dependent on other guys that want to help and whatnot. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. There's never really been a huge Toyota faction. Uh, Gibbs has kind of been the staple since they switched to Toyota, right? They've always had their four cars. Then you had Levine kind of a car or two here and there. And Front Row was doing decent. They had a car for a while. Then they had two. They even won a championship with Truex before they closed the doors. And then it's kind of, you know, 2311 has obviously helped bolster that as well. That basically gives you six Gibbs cars almost. Um, I equate those cars very similar to the Gibbs rides. Um, so it will be interesting to see if Toyota does expand and how they do it. Only 36 charters. Those charters are all spoken for, right? Unless somebody comes in and buys one out. At JTG, there's been a lot of rumors about them folding shops. So maybe somebody buys that charter. Maybe Rick Ware finally decides to sell one or two. Or do they flip a team, right? Do you get, I mean, there was rumors about Roush Fenway Keselowski going to Dodge. Now that those have kind of settled, do they look at Toyota and feel like they could get more attention from Toyota than just being another Ford team out there? Uh, definitely be something to keep an eye on because that can be a huge advantage for both sides, right? It can be a huge advantage for the team. If they're getting a lot more money, you get like a front row or somebody that's, you know, 16th on the list of Fords out there. And all of a sudden they're third on the list of Toyota. Something like that could help them a lot. And then having more Toyotas in the field helps everybody because we know that these manufacturers share data and whatnot. I know Hendrick and Childress work together a lot in the Chevy camp and stuff. And they don't share everything, of course, right? Hendrick's not going to share all their secrets, but they're going to share some through GM and, and the partnerships that they have there. Um, so I think that it could be beneficial both for a team that's looking to take the next step and for Toyota as well. Interesting stuff at play. And then who, of course, enters the fray again? Does Dodge come back? Do we see Tesla come out? Who knows what the future holds for NASCAR? There well, always been a lot of Honda rumors over the years. Honda maybe they decide well. to pop in. A little Red Bull action too, maybe at some yeah. point. Who knows? Hey, Red Bull comes back and has Honda. There you go. There you go. Uh, a, a NASCAR team for a little while. Well, if they offer one, if but. they offer odds on who joins next, I'm definitely know who I'm going to take. So there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. There is odds to get to. We are going to break them down. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the clash odds at the L.A. Coliseum to kick off unofficially but officially the 2023 NASCAR season. But before we do, let's tell you about our presenting sponsor, which is WinBet. It's not only our presenting sponsor. It's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets build your own bet. Big game is here. WinBet has you covered with great odds, promos, payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. I don't have to ask. I know you're ready to play. Sign up today. You get a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. Why are you not already there? So much to choose from. All you got to do, 
head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wimbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. I'm so excited, guys. I'm sorry. I tripped it over. Offer subject to change terms. Get just to Wimbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present. Let's play through Wimbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. SGPN is giving away one thousand dollars in their big game squares contest completely free to enter and all you need to do is follow the sports gambling podcast on spotify of course give them a rating then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free big game square well cody our prayers have been answered and we have odds for the Bush Light Clash. Is it the Bush Light Clash? I think it is, right? It's the Bush is Light. Bush Light or is it just Bush? I don't know. Yeah, Either don't way, know. the beer's kind of Bush Light. Water, Bush. I guess. But says the guy that ser- uh, sells beer. I, I get that. Uh, Bush Light Clash. I used to sell Bush Light back in the day, and it wasn't good then. It's still not good now. So listen, head for the mountains, huh? Of Bush Light. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they sponsor, so that's great. Good on them. Good on them. Good, yes, <laughs> yay! But doesn't mean you have to drink it on the day of. Exactly. Uh, Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum for good beer <laughs> returns to the LA Coliseum for a second season. Of course, we know that this is probably going to be a wandering show uh, after this season, but they needed to definitely kind of close out their time in LA. Uh, obviously, we may see this. I think they got one more. I think it was a three-year deal. So I think it was one year with a two-year option after. So if you liked it the first year, basically you got two more. I don't know that that's been officially said anywhere, but that that seems to be the case anyways. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Cody, before we get to the this year's odds, I did go back and find what we had talked about last season uh, when it came to this Bush Clash. And obviously this was episode two. So we've gone from two to one oh, what is it? One oh three. We are a full one hundred and one episodes past our first Bush Light predictions. How amazing is that? Kudos to that's, you guys. Oof, that's pretty crazy. Exactly. Uh, so in this, we picked uh, Kyle Larson. You picked Kyle Larson, by the way, to win. Surprise. <laughs> what do you think the odds were for Kyle Larson? I guess to win? they were like. Plus four hundred, plus three hundred. They were plus eight hundred. Whoa, really? Yes. Well, that's why I picked it then. Jeez. This is why. So again, you talked about how we didn't really know that these odds were were a lot like super speedway odds. Well, they were last year too. So apparently, they the odds makers were uh, one in flux over the brand new car that was about to take the track, two the brand new track that was about to grace the circuit, and three what the hell was going to happen. When all of that was put together. So apparently Kyle Larson at plus 800, the champion from last year that won 6,000 races in 2021, uh, that was his odds to win the Bush Clash, the plus 800. Um, I picked Kyle Larson, or I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle Bush to win. So we had both Kyles covered on that one. Uh, but I had him at plus 800 as well to win. That was a pretty close pick. He, he finished second, so... Uh... That was, that was a good call by you. Well, um, yeah, and similar thing this year, right? Those guys are both up towards the top, at least in the top four there of the odds getters this year. So not a big surprise, but yeah, I don't. I the odds are still it still seems crazy. I, 
last year I get it because we were going into the last year. We talked about this was the last episode, right? It was the big, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to expect. We said that every week. That was the first race in this brand new car. We had no idea what to expect. No idea if these cars would even work out there, what was going to happen. And a few of them didn't. We had some issues. Some guys started making comments about the Walmart parts on the car and whatnot. Uh, But yeah, it just seems like this year, and I get that going back and comparing to last year's clash, you can make pros and cons on it because it was brand new, right? Nobody really knew what they were doing. Was there a big advantage? And there's no other tracks like this one specifically. There's no quarter miles, right? Again, if you're new or or you don't know what this track, it's the size of your local track around your football field at the local high school. Like it's a quarter mile. The next closest we have is just over a half mile at Martinsville. Martinsville is the closest comparison because it's a short track. It's a flat track. I kind of took a bit from New Hampshire as well because it's a, it's closer to a mile, but it's a short track as well. It's flat. Uh, and then I think you can lean on, lean on the road course guys too. Um, a lot of times when it comes to the shorter, flatter tracks, the road course guys seem to do well because it's, it's more about braking maneuverability. Those guys are good at it on road courses can translate that into the tight turns and, and quick turns of, of the short track. Um, so yeah, so I, I didn't think that the odds would be all that to say, <laughs> I didn't think that the odds would be as generous this year because we seem to know more now, right? We have a full season under our belts. Not that we necessarily know more than we did last year because we had 16 different winners. So, or 19 different winners by the end of the season. Right. So who the hell knows? I, <laughs> maybe we don't know what to expect, Rod. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I'm not going to claim that I'm smarter than bookmakers because, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm just a guy, like I said, with a mic that talks a lot. But I will say that this is still – it's still sort of an unknown. I mean, I, I know that we know a lot more than we did last year, but by the same token, we still kind of don't know a lot about what to expect this year. And we'll talk about the odds. I think we should probably lead in right about now to start talking about the odds because this is how in flux we are as far as what to expect. And it begins with the favorites, all right? Last season, we talked about it, I guess, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, two of the favorites. Well, like Cody said, it's no surprise that they're back there again. Both of them sport somewhere in the plus 800 range. Some books have them both at plus 800. Some books have them at 750. Uh, Others have Kyle Busch at 900, and Joey Logano at plus 750 as the favorite. Some, yeah, these, they're all over the place with, yeah. again, I, shop around. You know what options you have in your state where it's legal. You might have some books we don't even know about as, as we learned last week. But shop around because, yeah, lines are all over the freaking place. Yeah, so then let's do this. Let's let's take the first three, all right, in, in kind of the most, uh, I guess, the, the consensus. is the, Well, let's talk the top four. So there's, there's Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano. Again, in these various books, all of them are somewhere in that top four range with the exception of one, and we'll get to who uh, he's he's surpassed by in, in a, a second. A little fun fact for you. Those are the last four champions of the sport. I know. I read your article. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a teaser. There's an article coming out that has a conversation about this as well. <laughs> and in fact, if you're reading that article and listening to this episode, kudos for you. Yes. <laughs> so, again... Of those four, again, they're all around the plus 800, plus 850 mark uh, in that. So, out of those four, 
one, who do you think stands a better chance of winning? And two, are these fair prices? Uh, I mean, I think they're great prices. I, again, you know, you don't want to just bet a bunch on the favorites and then kind of stick to it, but you could pick one or two of these favorites of these four guys and at plus 800, plus 850 on all of them, you're getting good odds and you can make a case for all of them, right? Chase Elliott is a guy that uh, did did okay here at the Clash last year. Um, wasn't necessarily, you know, one of the best ones, but he obviously is the road course guy, right? And he, he's done well there uh, at Martinsville. Again, a track I said was comparable. He led 185 laps at the Martinsville Spring Race. Um, and then he led 54 more at the fall race, which was the second to last race of the season. So that's a very recent sample size, right? And again, we've had the off season and, and some things are going to change, but that's, that's fairly, uh, comparable. He also finished second at New Hampshire. The other track that I think is, those are the two tracks that I'm using to compare is Martinsville and New Hampshire. I just think their qualities are the most similar. So he definitely deserves to be up there because he's done it and, and he's proven he can win anywhere, right? He was the road course guy. He could only win on road courses. Didn't win any road courses last year. Still had more wins than anybody else. He went on super speedways. He went on mile and a half. Like he can get it. He should have won multiple road courses on top of that. So he can win anywhere. He's a threat to win every week. He's in the second or, or best car of the, of this, you know, series, depending on if you want to give it to hit the nine or the five. So there's five, right? That's Kyle Larson. He's in the other one or two co- top cars in the in the series. Uh, he let, won all those races in 2021, right? We know he can win anywhere. Dude jumps into random cars and random places and wins random races every day of the week. So he can win anywhere. He can win everywhere. Another road course guy. Uh, he led 68 laps in uh, and finished second in Martinsville in the fall. Um, and... He finished sixth here last year. Uh, didn't lead any laps, but he was kind of running up front there the whole time. I think he ended up getting some damage when he wrecked Justin Haley late in that race. Um, and maybe that caused him not to be able to compete for it necessarily, but he was at least in the running the whole time. So again, both those guys being favorites, they're going to be favorites each and every week for the most part, right? Because they're two of the better cars. They're guys that win a bunch of races every year. They're, they're two of the most three recent champions, right? Elliott won it in 2020, and Larson won it in 2021. Then you go down to Joey Logano. He won this race last year. He just won the championship. Do we need to go any farther than that, really? I mean, what more do you want from the guy, right? Now, this isn't a first, right? And that's something I touched on in the article. He likes to win all his firsts. It's no longer a first. It's also an even or an odd year. He likes to win more in even years, so we'll see. I, he's the one I'm probably the least excited about just because uh, I don't want to use the like the word fluke necessarily. I don't, I don't think it was a fluke, obviously, that he won and he won the championship. But I think that, that something about it being new or a first time really gives Joey an advantage that other drivers don't get. And, and why that is, if his preparation is just that good, if he's that good at adjusting to things, I don't know. But And we talked about this last season during the season too he's like the most unpredictable guy in the garage, right? It's like he can come out each and every week and either have the best car or just be 20th the whole race. And it's like, you don't know which Joey Logano you're going to get. So it's, he's, he's frustrating to bet on it at least uh, to say, but again, plus 850 plus 800, wherever you're getting him here, 
pretty good odds for the guy who won it last year, just won the championship in Phoenix. He's won the most recent race we had, right? So you can't really take that away from him either. Kyle Busch, if you've listened all offseason, you know I love him. I think he's going to win this race. I'm going to pick him to win this race because he's got something to prove. He could have won this race last year. He led the most laps in the race last year, um, ended up finishing second to Joey Logano, but he led 64 of the – and just to, we'll probably touch on the format more later in the week as we kind of go through everything, but it's 150 laps in the main event. Only green flag laps count. So he led 64 of the 150 laps that were completed under green flag. Um, and he, man, he just going to that eight car, leaving Gibbs. He's heard everybody talk about, oh, he has, he's going to this subpar team and they haven't won a championship since Dale Earnhardt won it in 1994, right? That's a generation ago, the last time they won a championship. But that car was good last year with Tyler Reddick. He won three races. Should have won four. He actually, that's the the race Kyle Busch won, right? The Bristol Dirt was where Reddick should have won that race and had it at the end there. Um, so that car performed better than the 18 car did last year. So maybe it's actually an upgrade. Maybe it's, I mean, Kyle Busch is one of the most talented drivers we've ever seen. So you can't ever count him out. So I think that these four guys are the appropriate four guys to put up here. I think that Denny Hamlin, he's kind of in the next group of guys. I think he could deserve to be up here too, just because he's been the most consistent like winner over the last few years, right? He's going to win multiple races every year and everything. But I, I think that these four are the proper four. They're the four most recent champions. Kyle Busch won in a 19, Elliott in 20, Larson 21, and Logano, excuse me, in 2022. Um, so I think it's appropriate. And these guys have all shown they can do it on this type of track. Logano, obviously, the only guy who's won here. Um, so all deserving, but all good values at, at where they're at. And so if you want to pick one or you want to pick two that you really like in this group, I think that you, you can't go wrong with doing that because you're getting such – I mean, you're getting almost super speedway odds. Super speedway odds are generally plus 1,000 and more, which is what we see with the Daytona 500 odds that are out. But – um yeah, I think that you're getting a steal on any of these four guys. Uh, and again, just pick your poison on which one or two you like. And and that was my point, really, is that there's no wrong answer here. Literally, you can pick any one of these guys and feel good about putting something on it. And even if you're even throwing a quarter unit on all of these guys, again, we're not in a unit management, but at the same time, like if you feel like throwing you know, four different uh, feelers out there, I wouldn't feel bad about it because at eight to one, at eight and a half to one, one of these hits, it makes up for the rest of the three that you missed on it. And, and again, with Kyle Busch, I love your reasoning, obviously, because, again, Kyle Busch had such a fantastic clash last year that uh, I picked him to win anyways. So uh, we're, we're going to give our official picks later on in the week, obviously, once we start getting head-to-heads, once we start getting but top Go ahead fives. and mark Kyle Busch down. I mean, you might as well mark Kyle <laughs> Busch down. for. You already know that the way I've talked him up in the offseason. I'm not going to not pick him. Yeah, it's basically a Kyle Busch uh, day for for uh, Cody for sure. I may pick somebody different just to, just to mix things up. But, you know, you already made the case for all of these guys. And really, again, just to back it up, it's just uh, Elliot, you can't count him out. Larson. Who's to say he doesn't bounce back from a, a disappointing season last year? And again, year. man, disappointing. And you, and you put his season up against any other driver in the field, and you'd be like, damn, they had a good season, right? Yeah. It's disappointing because 
He won so many races the year before. Well, that's what happens when you overperform and underdeliver the next year, right? I mean, <laughs> you hit big on that big presentation, right? And your boss is like, hey, man, you're definitely going to go up again. And then that next presentation, it's like a whimper. And, and hey, your and boss is like, I feel the pressure now. We had such a good season last year, Rod. <laughs> well, hell, Cody, you got, you got a second season to deliver. If you don't deliver as many wins this season, <laughs> then who knows, man? Bosses may not re-sign you. Yeah, uh, luckily, Corey LaJoya, when he wins the Daytona 500, that'll atone for any sins the rest of the season. Ah, we'll, we'll just chalk it up and say all the rest of them are all mulligans <laughs> after that. So, uh, All right, but the big top four, like I said, Elliott plus 800, Kyle Larson, uh, 800, Kyle Busch, 850, Joey Logano, 850. Elsewhere, uh, there is Elliott at plus 750, Larson at plus 800, uh, Kyle Busch at plus 900, uh, you look other places, all four of these guys are all plus 800. So like, like Cody had said, like we had said, it's all over the place. I will bring up one guy that snuck his way into the top four in yet another book uh, above the likes of Kyle Busch, and that is his former uh, Joe Gibbs racing teammate, Christopher Bell. Cody, let's just dwell for a second on Christopher Bell being above Kyle Busch in a book Fair, unfair? I think it's fair. I mean, Bush still has, I mean, look at his resume, right? And we just talked up Christopher Bell and I, and talk about a short track, short flat track guy, like Christopher Bell is that dude. And he struggled here in the clash last year. Um, I don't think, well, he, he was eighth. He did okay. That wasn't necessarily great. Um, but he won New Hampshire. He won Martinsville in the fall. Right. And those are, again, most comparable tracks, in my opinion. His other win, asterisk, came at a, at a road course, cardboard gate. Uh, but that, that's the perfect resume. Right. And he finished second in New Hampshire last year when I cashed my 40 to one Eric Almarola to win that race. But he should have won if they'd gone the full distance. They hadn't, you know, thrown the early checkered because of, of darkness approaching or whatnot. Um, and so he's proven that, that he can get it done. And his other, career win is on a road course as well. He won the Daytona road course. Um, so it's, yeah, he, he's proven that he can get it done on this type of track and in this style of racing. So I think that he's, he's appropriate to be kind of the next priced guy on the list. Right. Um, because you're not going to put him with those top four just yet. I know Derek, you're on his, his over wins by a million. Maybe I'm not, I said over 1.5, but I'm not super crazy about the guy. Um, but he is definitely stepping up his game and proving. I mean, he got to the final four. He won all those must-win races in the playoffs. And so he's he's made the case that that he should be here. And again, he's kind of what, second string at at Gibbs now. Denny Hamlin's the clear number one, of course, with Kyle Bush gone. Martin Trucks Jr., he's got well, maybe not. He's pulling a Tom Brady up with his girlfriend, and maybe he's gonna stay around for a while now. But but he's already got one foot out the door, right? We've we've joked he's retired already. And then Ty Gibbs coming in, his odds are actually appropriately priced in this race. He doesn't have a chance, basically, which I think is correct. But um, so you got you got to expect a lot from Bell this this year, and we'll see if he can put up the numbers uh, that match the expectations. But I think this is an appropriate spot for him to be, and it's good value at ten to one as well. I mean, so far we've not come across anybody that I would say. Yeah, it's not really enough for me. I mean, I, I would be fine taking any of these guys um, because I think that they're all appropriately priced and they're at good value. You're getting 10 to 1 on a guy that 
won two of the three similar races to this last year. Yeah, and again, that's the thing. He does come in at 10-1 to 1 on another book. So basically, it's almost like a crapshoot. I mean, these, these guys don't know necessarily how to react to this. And I think some, it was like they're taking their rankings and they're like, okay, well, I agree with you here, but I don't agree with you here. So I'm going to bump this person up. So, I mean, pretty much that's what they were doing the whole way through. Um, let's go ahead and take a, a look. What else did you find him at? Because he's at 10 to 1. He's at, he's at, plus, he's at 9 to 1. Oh, I'm nine sorry, to eight, eight, to, eight to one, eight to one wow. above Thanks. Kyle Bush. Kind of yeah, he's at 10 to one in a couple of places, but uh, yeah. eight, eight to one and up in the same area as Kyle Larson is in another book. So, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's why that's why I brought him yeah, up. And Kyle Bush is plus 900 on that one. That's yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I get the Kyle Bush is not at Gibbs anymore thing. I get that RCR hasn't been what, but RCR is, is different now, in my opinion. I mean. They were huge on developing this next-gen car. They're invested. I mean, Richard Childress's grandson is Austin Dillon, right? And, and Austin Dillon, if you go back and look, had a pretty good season last year. He snuck his way into the playoffs, obviously, the crazy wreck. We hit the big bet at Daytona 30-1 to and everything. But throughout the season, he had put together a very good string of solid finishes or he was doing solid before a late incident or something cost him. And then Tyler Reddick, I mean, his performance speaks for itself. The three wins should have been four, had a great season. And so Childress isn't necessarily what they were the last few years. And I think that they took this next-gen thing seriously. I think that bringing in Kyle Busch, again, the history that him and Richard had back in the day, Richard took his watch off, said, hold my watch while he goes to kick Kyle Busch's ass. Like To bring a guy like that in and try to get back to the glory days. Richard Childress has been there before. They won all those championships with Dale Earnhardt. They've had a good program throughout the history of NASCAR. It's suffered lately, but I think that they can take that step and be up there with the big dogs, especially with a guy like Kyle Busch behind the wheel. Kyle Busch is not done, and Kyle Busch is out to prove something, and that's that's just my biggest angle on Kyle Busch this year is you give me a pissed-off Kyle Busch and watch out because if he wants to go prove he can do something, I think he can prove it, and I think we're going to see that this year. I concur. Yeah, and so obviously I I love your take. I was on Kyle Busch a lot anyways, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I I like the idea, uh, but I don't know that I would do Christopher Bell over Kyle Busch, so maybe I would find Kyle Busch at his highest number and go from there. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next tier, which includes... Uh, on the list that I'm looking at, Ryan Blaney at 11 to one, Denley, Danny Hamlin at 12 to one, Tyler Reddick at 12 to one. You just touched on him, um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and throw uh, William Byron and Ross Chastain into this group. So we've got Blaney, Hamlin, Reddick, William Byron at 14 to one, Ross Chastain at 16 to one. These are the last that are under 2,000. Um, out of those drivers. Obviously, Tyler Reddick, I think I was high on last season heading into the clash, performed well, did not have a good finish in that. I think he wrecked out in that one as well, I believe, uh, if I'm Yeah, if I'm he, uh, he had a drivetrain issue. If That's you remember, they were under, like, caution, and he'd been leading, like, the whole thing. He led 51 laps. Yeah. They had a caution for something, and then, like, all of a sudden, Tyler Reddick's tr- car just, like, stopped. They, like, pulled over. It's like, what's going on? And then that's when everybody's, like, freaking out, like, are these new cars just going to suck ass all the time? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and it was like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, yeah, the, it was marked as a drivetrain issue. And so 
he dominated the clash up until that point. I think he had led most of his uh, heat race, or at least had gotten up there, and when he did, took it and ran away with it. And then, yeah, in the main event, he was off to the races, literally. He led 51, so basically the first third of the race. And then, of course, the the issue. And, yeah, it was just – it was so weird because it was just his car just stopped. And it's like, what the hell? And, and we kind of missed out on what could have been, right? So he could have kicked off the season winning there. And then who knows what else he could have won right away once you get that kind of – not a points-paying win, doesn't count officially. But get, get in victory lane would have been nice for him. But, yeah, I really like him here at these odds. Again, the performance he had, now he changes cars, right? We've talked about that. He leaves the eight car. He goes to 2311. I'm very excited for 2311 this year with Bubba and the way he's been progressing. His win at Kansas this past season. We've seen what Reddick can do. I think Reddick is this close to being the next Kyle Larson where he gets in. And I don't even know if I want to say a better car because I just talked up the children's cars, right? But it, but he when he gets over that hump of being able to do it, I think we could see a Kyle Larson season where he wins 10 races all of a sudden. And it's like, whoa, because this dude is talented. He, he is he's going to be around for a long time. He's talented. He can get it done. We saw him win the back-to-back championships in Xfinity, two different teams, right? He, he won it with Junior Motorsports, moved over to Childress, won it there as well. So we know that he's talented. We know he can get it done. He was impressive in RCR. Again, we just talked about how they had issues for so many years. He comes in and then last year breaks through, gets those three wins, should have been four. Um, but, yeah, I don't really foresee – Either of these drivers, him and Kyle Busch, I don't think there's going to be a huge adjustment period in their new teams. It's new teams. There might be some stuff to feel out and work out, but I think they're both so superior talent levels that that I think that they can overcome those changes, and I think that they're going to be fine. And we, the 2311 cars were good last year, the 45 specifically, right? Kurt Busch's win was in the 45. Bubba's win was in the 45 as well. Granted, that was still with the 23 team, but – um. The car was solid all year, and other than when Ty Gibbs was in it, but <laughs> but you know I get my Ty Gibbs shots in where I can. But yeah, Reddick again. Uh, what I don't remember what all he I think fourteen to one was where I had seen him, um, or twelve to one I guess. But uh, yeah, he's super good value there in my opinion, um, and probably my favorite bet that I've seen so far. I, I'm probably gonna bet Kyle Busch at the odds he's at. But if I can get some Tyler Reddick right here in the, the 12 to one area, um, I think that that's a no brainer for as good as we saw him be last year, as we saw him progress through the season, I think he's going to be good to, to kick it off again this year. You got a shot to get him at 15 to one in, in a place as well. So him at 15 to one, Hamlin at 15 to one, Byron at 15 to one, Chastain at 15 to one. Um, out of all those, obviously, I do like him at fifteen to one. If if you can find him at fifteen to one, grab that now. That is definitely the best value that you can get out there for Tyler Reddick, um, Ross Chastain at sixteen to one. I like because I think that Ross Chastain really has the aggressiveness that you need for this kind of race. This is not a points race. This is a go out and see how much you can dominate type of a race and. Obviously, last year at this time, we were not at peak Ross Chastain. Like, we were just scratching the surface of what Ross Chastain could accomplish. As the season progressed, we saw all of what Ross Chastain had in for the rest of the, the field. And 
in a race like this, where it's basically just balls to the wall, put your fastest car out there, put your moves out there because you're not you're not worried about points. You're not worried about where you finish. You just want to win. And the guy's mentality, you watched it happen over the course of the year. You watched him go from, you know, I'm I'm riding in the front to full melon, right? In in the in the race that got him into the playoffs. And so that type of maturation, especially under the circumstances that he was under, where he pissed everybody off along the way, made tons of enemies, never had friends on the track, and and basically just, you know, put himself out there by all rights and accounts to say, listen, I, I'm going to apologize for the mistakes that I make, but I'm also going to be a race car driver. And if you don't like that, then I'm sorry, but that's just the way I'm going to race. And so now he enters another season, right, in, in a situation where he's a little more comfortable in his skin. He's a little more aware of who he is as a race car driver. And I feel like that those are sort of the right circumstances for a guy like Ross Chastain to be able to come out in this race and do the things he needs he needs to do to win. So I like him at sixteen to one for sure as sort of an alternative bet to uh, one of the favorites or maybe even just one of your long shot bets because the rest of the way down. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the rest of these guys, but I mean, you know, as you get farther down into the odds, there's a reason why the the they're these long shot odds. And I think as you before you cross that two thousand threshold, that that twenty to one threshold, I think. Uh, the, the, the fact that Ross Chastain kind of stands there as the last option under under 20 to 1, I, I like that. Yeah, well, I think this is the area where you're in where you've got guys that legitimately can go out there and win this just straight up. They're in good cars. They're good drivers. Um, but you're getting a great price on them still because they aren't the favorites, even though they, they could be, right? And, man, I'm just not sold on Chastain going – I don't know. I'm torn on on how I feel about Chastain because he's just so propped up after the Hail Melon at the end of the season. And like, and we were on him a lot last year, right? Hit him a 40 to 1 at Coda for his first career victory. That was great and fun. And we were on him a few other times and made some money off of him. But I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how track house holds up if they continue in year two of the next gen. The big money teams have had the time to to make some improvements is the Hendricks of the world, the Gibbs, maybe even the RCR is going to start separating themselves a little more from the smaller teams like Trackhouse. Do they fall behind a little bit? I still don't know. I mean, Chastain has the talent, right? He's good. Uh, the Hail Melon was on Martinsville, again, a similar track. That might actually, this might be the other track that it would maybe work at. <laughs> maybe we'll see a, maybe we'll see a Hail Mary at the end of this race, but um but yeah, again though it's it's good price for for the talent you're getting and for the driver that that did everything he did last year. He made the final four. I mean, you have to have a pretty good season to be able to do that. And so it's this is the, the perfect area where you could find a couple of different guys that can legitimately go out there and win despite not being the favorites, um, and you're getting a, a pretty healthy price on them. Yeah, and again, like I said, at the under twenty to one. This is basically where your 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 favorites live. I mean, this is super speedway type of mentality where you, you know you're not looking for the minus one fifties or the you know even plus three hundreds in NASCAR world. This is where you're getting really good value. Um, all right, as we start reaching that twenty to one mark, we've got one Kevin Harvick at twenty to one, 
Chase Briscoe at 22 to 1. Martin Truex Jr. still alive and kicking at 22 uh, to 1. Daniel Suarez at 28 to 1. Those are live in your plus 2,000 to plus 3,000 range. I, I mean, I don't know that I could make the case for any one of these. Daniel Suarez is intriguing at 28 to 1. I, I like Kevin Harvick. You know I do. But in this particular race, this isn't one where I don't think Kevin Harvick is going to want to try to go out and, and dominate and win. I think he's right at plus, at, at plus 2,000. And I also don't necessarily see him wanting to go out and, I don't know. I mean, in an on-points race in his final season, maybe there's some prestige in winning the Clash. But I, I think his full attention is going to be on the Daytona 500. This is just a chance for him to get back out on the track put some laps down, and hopefully come back home in one piece. So I don't necessarily see much going for him. Chase Briscoe, we've talked about him so many times before. I don't see him winning this race. Martin Truex Jr., don't see him making a run. Like I said, the only person that I would see even trying so hard at this is, is Daniel Suarez, but that's only because he's still got a lot to prove. I mean, Chase Briscoe does too, but, you know, again, I, he's not necessarily the race car driver that I think Daniel Suarez is. Yeah, so, man, for... <laughs> this is why they're this low. I mean, I'm telling I you know, right now. And that's, yeah, it is. Uh, the Kevin Harvick thing, I saw something that scared me about Harvick this year for as much as we love him, but you look back at all these greats that have retired recently and had their, like, going away tour, and they all struggled in their final year. Like, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr., Jimmy, all these guys that was, like, announced, and they had this big tour, and it's almost like, the pressure and everything else around this is your last season and stuff. And so I hope that's not the case with Harvick. Obviously he's a favorite of this podcast, but the clash, I don't really see him going out and, and could he do it? Yeah. He can win anywhere, everywhere, anytime. Right. He's the closer. We saw him prove people wrong last year and be able to win when people like myself even had counted him out at points. And so I don't think you can ever count him out. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., I kind of touched on it earlier. It is notable that that him and Sherry Pollux did uh, separate. They they were never married, but longtime partner. Of course, the Sherry Strong Foundation and, and their foundations tied together. Um, her, her cancer story has you know, been very out there and, and commented on, and, and they've done stories about it and whatnot. Um, it sounds like they plan on remaining friends and, and – working together still with the charity aspect and stuff, but does that prolong Truex's career now, right? A guy like Tom Brady, he splits up with his wife and doesn't necessarily have that pool at home. And I think maybe part of that was with Sherry's health and the cancers come back a few different times. Right. And, and so maybe to get away from the track and spend more time with her. Now he doesn't have that. Does that change things? Does he hang around longer? I don't know. He's still retired already to me. That's not going to change until I see otherwise. I will not bet on Martin Truex Jr. until after he wins a race. And if I try to, smack me through the screen, Rod, and <laughs> make me change my bet because I did it once last year and it was stupid. <laughs> I, I um, didn't smack you. That was the thing. You should have smacked me and you didn't, but we've my all bad. learned and gotten better since then. <laughs> Chase Briscoe, he did win at Phoenix. That's another flatter track. I, I'm not super sold on that win. Sorry, Derek, not changing my mind on his over-under for wins. I don't think we see it from him. He just got a fat extension, right? He's going to be with Stuart Haas in the 14 car for longer. I, I just don't see it from Briscoe. 
Daniel Suarez, he's not going to win a race this year. You can write that down now. I love the guy. I love his story, but I don't think he's at the level of a Chastain. I don't think that he's going to get out of that car what he necessarily should or maybe could. I, I don't know. It just We've seen him, right? He's, he's had all these big rides, never was able to really do a ton with it. And he got the win last year, came after some other guys had issues and stuff, which is part of racing, but not sold on Suarez. I definitely don't think he's going to get it done on a track like this. Um, was that all the guys in that group? Yeah, pretty much. That was everybody. So yeah, again, just nothing, nothing in that group. Their odds aren't far off out there to make me be like, yeah, you could throw a flyer on them and they're not good enough to make me want to be like, yeah, they, I think they could really go out and do it. So I'm going to pretty much just stay away from that section in general. Yeah. That's what I'm saying too. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me to do any of that. Um, all right. Listen, as we get farther down on this list, I'm just going to call out names and, and you tell me if anybody floats your boat. Alex Bowman at 33 to 1, Eric Almarola at 40 to 1, Chris Busher at 40 to 1, Austin Sindrick. So I do think, I do just want to comment. Alex Bowman at those odds, he's in a Hendrick car. I mean, his two teammates are the favorites to win this thing, right? But I don't know, you can make much of a case for Bowman necessarily. Almarola is kind of a, a fun long shot here and there, right? He's the short flat guy. I think that there's a top 10. He didn't even, oh man, he didn't even make the race last year, Rod. That, ugh, I was going to write him up in the article. And then I got to that point. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Maybe if there's a top 10 or a head to head, I'll take him. He's just, he's good at short flat tracks generally, right? New Hampshire, he's always good. And he's decent at Martinsville, but didn't perform well here last year. Again, you're at the 45-plus area, maybe-ish, but there's another guy you're almost to that I really like. Well, I will say that if you look in other places, too, and, and uh, we talked about discrepancies, and I, I've kind of failed to get back to that. Ross Chastain, 12-1 to 1 in places. Uh, Tyler Reddick, 15-1. Harvick is still pretty much holding true at, at 20. Uh, so, I mean, you know, like I said, there are, and, and Briscoe at plus 3,000, uh, Bubba Wallace at plus 3,000, I mean, they're so, they're so all over the place. It's so hard to just sort of uh, compare. Again, yeah, shop around with your options. Yeah. Sometimes different states have different things going on too and stuff. So. All right, scream out scream out who you who you like at their odds right now. Besides uh, Cody Justin Ware. Justin Haley. At a, ooh, yeah, there you go. Justin Haley. This is my next favorite bet. I think I said somebody else was my favorite bet earlier, Tyler Reddick. But, but Justin Haley, um, man, at the, what are you seeing him at? I see 33 to 1. Yeah, I'm seeing him at uh, fat. Actually, I'm seeing it fifty to one in, in a oh spot. Oh my god, fifty to one! Go fucking smash that, yeah. please. Justin Haley was on freaking fire last year. He started. He qualified third in qualifying, which put him on the pole for the third heat race. He led all twenty five laps of that. Uh, dominated. He was in the top five most of the race. I think like one hundred sixty or not one hundred sixty one because there was only 150 laps, but 100 and some laps, 116, I think it was, laps into the race. He's running the top five. He had a chance to win that thing. Kyle Bl or Kyle Larson just punted the guy for no reason whatsoever and ruined his day. Um, but Justin Haley looked good. He looked fast. I think the colleague is going to be improved this year. Everybody is pointing at A.J. Allmendinger. Oh, he's going to be in the playoffs. Oh, he's going to win 18 races, even though – He's not won any road courses last year, whatever. But 
I don't see that so much. I think Justin Haley is where it's going to be. I think I'm going to bet on him to win the Daytona 500 uh, and maybe do that before he runs good at the Clash because his odds will probably come down. But he's a great super speedway racer, but he did so well here last year at 33 to 1, at 50 to 1, either one. I'll take it, give it to me um, because I was so impressed with Haley last year. And again, the finish wasn't there because he got wrecked. I mean, just flat out wrecked by Kyle Larson. But um, he was proven he could get it done. And so, yeah, I, I love him. That's You can go ahead and mark that down as my long shot this week because uh, Justin Haley will, will be my long shot. Are you ready for more? He's at 75 to 1 in a spot oh. and oh. and oh. in 100 to 1 in no another way. book. What's that book start? What letter does that book start with? Um, the D. It starts with oh, <laughs> the D. So the D. So you might as <laughs> well. King is the logo, so I'll, maybe we should. Maybe you should check that out. <laughs> I'm just saying, Justin Haley is 100 to one in the D. So yeah, you might definitely want to grab that. That was oh one. God, I, he is. How is he 100 to? Are you kidding me, Rod? I, I listen. I want oh, to tell you I'm right now. I'm going to drive in Iowa tonight. I was. I was 100. percent Uh. You know, I, I knew right from the start I wanted to put something on uh, on Justin Haley because I do know 1,000% that Justin Haley is going to do well in this. So I, it just, that made zero sense to me that he was that high. And now that I see that he's 100 to 1, yeah, absolutely sign me up for that because that is going to be, like, we. I don't know if we talked about him. We did talk about him. Before the beginning of that season, I, I we had to have talked about him a little bit, especially when we were talking about new driver rides and and all that stuff. When we were, we were breaking down all of the the rookies and all of the new drivers, we did bring up Justin Haley. So it was not like we didn't know he was coming. And then he had such a fantastic ride there, you know, that it was it was hard to to count him out of it. So yeah, give yeah. Me Justin I know it was one of those things too where we didn't really know, right? He, I mean, he's been hanging around in the Cup Series for years. On crappy teams he won a race with spire uh, on a random rain shower that popped up out of nowhere and ended the race at daytona ended up winning that race so he's got a cup series win but he was kind of bouncing around now colleague's gonna jump up go full time what are we gonna get from him their other car is just a rotator so he doesn't really have a, a guy next to him but haley had a good season he was solid throughout the year um and i, I think this will be the year that we see Haley get a win get in the playoffs, he could be the, the playoff guy from colleague, and maybe Almendinger doesn't even make it. Sorry, Rod. Bite your tongue. Camp, <laughs> hey, listen, I don't even care anymore because Jimmy Johnson's back, so uh, it doesn't really matter to me what anybody does anymore because Jimmy Johnson <laughs> has returned. Hey, take it take why you can get it. I will definitely take it where I can get it. Um, but here's the thing. So Justin Haley, that's, that's probably the last frontier that I would look at anybody to actually win this race because you look down the line – and you've got guys like um, Austin Dillon, Austin Sindrick, uh, Ty Gibbs, who you are definitely uh, plus 7,500 oh, in one I can't place. wait till we get a head-to-head -head with him against somebody else because I'm taking somebody else. Can you believe, though, Cody, that in, in, the, in, the, book, in the book that I've talked about, uh, Justin Haley and Ty Gibbs are both priced at the same price at, at 75 to 1. Can you believe that? That's crazy, but... That's how it should. I mean, I'd give Haley the better price if I was making the line. Yeah, me too, which it has in some books as well. Um, but, I mean, look, you got Stanhouse Jr., McDowell, Gilliland, Harrison Burton, Noah Gragson at 8-1, to one, or 80-1, to one rather. 
Um, Cody Ware down there at a thousand to one. Hit it, baby. Um, load up your your Cody Ware clash bets at a thousand to one. Public service announcement: Don't do that. <laughs> Come on, man. Insert the Rod was only joking about this. Please don't take this as financial advice. I've Disclaimer. never I've never hit this button for us in here, but there. <laughs> That's that's the <laughs> studio laugh button. Oh yes, that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> studio laugh button for my Cody to wear my Cody to wear a thousand to one. Um, but yeah, I mean, look uh, down the road, there's nobody there that I would feel confident even remotely putting any sort of winner's bet on. Of course, we know this is NASCAR. Crazy shit happens, so I don't know. Like it, it could happen, but I'm I'm still. If you want to win money, probably not trying to throw yourself all over the place on some of these these tiger names because a lot of these guys are trying to log laps you know yeah, they're trying to get their driver back in the car get reacquainted with everything and it's not necessarily trying to win this race it's just can we get out there to have some pit stops i mean they're not gonna be pit stops under normal circumstances but you know it's it's like getting it's like your first day back to school where the teacher just hands out the syllabus for a lot of these guys where all you're trying to do is just you know make it through 20 minutes for the teacher to introduce himself hand out the syllabuses and then, you know, go about your day. That's that's what this clash is like for a lot of folks. Yeah. And the one other guy I'd maybe call out, Ryan Priest. I did write him up in the article as well. But 50 to 1, I mean, he – I think that we're going to see a lot from him this year. He's been a full-time cup guy before. It was with JTG in their second car, underfunded. He still did okay. But now he's going to move over to Stuart Haas. He's in the 41 car. Cole Custer, of all people, finished seventh in this race last year. That ought to tell you something because Cole, bless his heart, <laughs> didn't deserve to be in that ride. And now we're going to win a lot of money on him in Xfinity, so it all works out great. But, um, no, Ryan Priest at 50-1 to 1 in a Seward Haas car. He's got the talent. Is he going to come out and win his very first race in that car? Unlikely, but at 50-1, to 1, maybe you could at least entertain it. Um, if, if you're a big Ryan Priest fan, like uh, our buddy Polly is a big Cole Custer fan, then go ahead. It, it, the bet is approved. To, at least it's not a Cody Ware type of bet. But yeah, going down the list, there's not really anything else on there that really jumps out to me. Even the guys like Corey LaJoy that I love, this is not the race to bet on them. Save that money for the Daytona 500 and all the other super speedways. But yeah, I think I think that's about about as far down as you want to go on any of these guys. And man, Justin Haley, 100 to 1, go get on that because wow, that is absolutely incredible. I do not see that line staying anywhere yeah, near that, there's, there. Yeah, that's got to move quickly. So go get on it as soon as you can because I, I don't know how that line, especially when it's so low at other places. I mean, I saw as low as 33 to 1. So, yeah, I, I would say get on that quickly. Yeah, there's just no reason to not, right, at this point. So, uh, I, and and I'm, I'm curious, I really am, I'm really curious to see if, if this – if his last year's performance does carry over into this year, um, given the fact that they've had that full year and everybody's had that full year, was this last season, uh, last season's clash sort of a, a flash in the pan? I think not. I think he's got a better than nor uh, normal chance in this opportunity to, to get there, but we don't know. Maybe the books are right. Maybe we're dumb. Yeah. I think that could go either way. I'm leaning on guys that did well last year, right? With Kyle Busch, with Tyler Reddick with Justin Haley. Uh, those are all guys who performed really well last year. And so I guess I am putting some into it, but I'm taking their bodies of work slash storylines as well. 
I mean, the Tyler Reddick, his body of work speaks for itself. Justin Haley and the way he performed the rest of the season talks. And Kyle Busch struggled, but the change of scenery, the pissed off part, as well as he did here last year, mixing all that together. Um, so, yeah, but it could be we see different guys that we didn't see last year come out and perform well because they've learned so much more about the car, spent more time in the offseason on the Sims. Maybe they practice more for this race and whatnot. Again, you don't know who takes it seriously, who doesn't. Is a guy like Chase Elliott just trying things for later in the season because he's already got his eyes set on the Final Four, wants to make sure he's going to be good at Martinsville to get himself in. Uh, you don't know with that kind of stuff. So it is going to be somewhat of a guessing game, more so than a normal week, I guess. And maybe that's why the odds are where they're at. Um, but yeah, it, oh, I'm just excited, Rod. We're going to have cars on the track this week. We get a bet on real live racing action. Yes. I mean, we. it feels like we just got done breaking down Phoenix. And yet, uh, um, yeah, and yet here we are uh, talking about L.A. I, for one, cannot wait. We've been preaching it for the last couple months. This is why they say time flies when you're having fun. So uh, we are all about it. It does seem like this NASCAR offseason has gone faster than when I wasn't doing the podcast on the offseason. Just seemed like a drug forever. And now it's been like, I mean, we've been counting down the days, building up the anticipation. We've had so much to talk about. Oh, I love it. It's been fun. I'm glad it's been enough fun off season, but I'm glad it's pretty much over. And now we're into the swing of some stuff. We can get some DFS talk later in the week. We can break down the format. We can break down the rest of the odds as they come out, right? We're hoping for some head to heads, top fives, top tens, whatever they're gonna give us. Should be should be a good week. I'm excited. Indeed, and that's exactly where I was going to go, which is why Cody's learned so damn much since we've been here. We will have the uh, head-to-heads, we'll have the top tens, we'll have whatever comes out as it comes out. I'm expecting this stuff to start rolling in now as we get closer to the week, so uh, as we get further along in the week, uh, we will do that. Dude, I did notice uh, for Daytona, it's very small, but it's something. Um, They do have odds up now for the winning manufacturer... I wrote it down somewhere if I could find it. Yes, uh, winning manufacturer they have out on one of the books, but that's just a, a glimpse into more things are coming, right? And and last year there was a bunch of crossover props with the Super Bowl, so we've got you know these next two weeks to build up to the Super Bowl. So we'll get the clash out of the way, then we'll have Super Bowl week. We'll be able to talk about you know uh, things that you can you know go pair the Eagles with Corey LaJoy winning. That's probably a really good prop that you're going to want to take. Um, and, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, so just the fact that that's out there. And, you know, maybe if you want to go look, Toyota's plus 300 on that, Chevy's plus 125, Ford's plus 160. Again, not many Toyotas in the field, but maybe they have an advantage at that, that plus, plus 300 number. But, but just the fact that that's out there now is just that little tiny glimpse. The door is starting to open into more things we should be getting maybe drivers to make the race maybe you know pole ward and then your head-to-heads top 10s top 20s whatever else they're going to give us should hopefully continue to be getting those as we get closer only 20 days till daytona so gotta start giving us those odds sooner rather than later do not bet on the eagles to win i'm sorry what uh never mind sorry I'm a Niners fan. I'm still hurt. I, I know uh, the boss's position. Our tally sites released their uh, top 10 uh, guys in the postseason picking NFL games today. And uh, 
yours truly made it on that list. So uh, Hell yeah. you might want to go get on the Eagles because I've already locked them in at minus one and a half as a <gasps> pick to win the Super Bowl. All right. Well, next week we'll have Anything. a brand new host of the NASCAR Gambling <laughs> Podcast as Cody. Hey, I'm not going against your team, Rod, okay? Now, granted, I did last week. Exactly. And for me, but Whatever, man. At least I made money during your sorrow. So yes, you did, and that's <laughs> okay. That was happy. <laughs> yes, one of you. Yeah, one of us was happy. Um, all right. Well, more NASCAR content coming up uh, over the course of the week as we get ready for the Clash, which happens on the fifth, sixth, fifth. No, fifth, sixth. I think. Yeah. yeah exactly. Fifth. Fifth sounds good. Holy cow! I know it's, it's coming here. Sunday. That's it's already all been a long off season. I don't care what so. day it is. Me either. I don't care either. Um, all right. Well, Cody, then let's go ahead and put a pin in it here, and we will pick up again tomorrow with more NASCAR talk. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep. Find me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. That's where you can see all my stuff, NFL stuff I've had a ton out. Like I said, I've been picking all the games through Tally site. Make sure you go check that out. we got a bunch of guys that have been on a pretty good hot streak. Um, and yeah, I got a bunch of articles over there. If you want motorsports futures, IndyCar, F1, NASCAR, I got more stuff coming out. I'll have a, in the next day or two, truck series championship. Look at those odds. Uh, F1 constructor odds. I got F1 championship out there. Already got F1 Vegas next year is out there. Indy 500 early. Look at those odds, all that stuff over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So make sure you check that out. Um, and then again, we're going to have a fantasy league um, for the show uh, as soon as I don't think NASCAR's opened that up yet, but I'm going to get that set up as, as soon as I can here. $200 gift card to the merch store. Um, if you need a refs or terrorist shirt after this weekend's games, which I'm certain that you do, uh, you can wait and buy that with your gift card, I guess, at the end of the season. But get that now and then use your gift card on something else. But you got to be in the Discord to join that. So make sure you get in there. And uh, yeah. Oh, let's go racing, Rod. I'm excited. Let's go racing. You are correct. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it is Sportsbook Review, or whether it is in between media, which the back road's cranking up Thursday. Keep an eye on my Twitter for that to happen. So again, till tomorrow for Cody, for me, for everybody. Let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>